and welcome to Netball Nation. Now, can you believe it? We have reached double figures for the second series already. And Pod 10 is, of course, powered by the lovely people at Netball UK. Now, I am joined, as always, by Sarah Bayman and our very own Mags. Both come in from the living rooms again, by the looks of things, are we girls? Absolutely. Yeah, we are coming from our living rooms. Where are you coming from? Um, right, well, I need to, yeah, I need to address what this. What dungeon have you got locked in? <laughs> For anyone who is listening, wondering what Sarah and Mags are referencing, I'm in my dad's camper van on the drive uh, because basically I've been doing a few podcasts recently from the kitchen and I was getting in the way because it's the main like place that we are we, we eat a lot in our family so my dad was like can you just do it in the camper van uh, where I have black neck curtains behind me so it all looks a bit dodgy but I can assure you it's above board we're all safe and well if at any point you, you don't say. feel safe and well just you know <laughs> breathe on the window and write help <laughs> <laughs> give Max a sign she knows yeah people. I've still got connections <laughs> I'll bring the A4 sheet of paper next time <laughs> Um, uh, Mags and Sarah, tell us one thing that you have done since we last spoke that's different from the usual. I've decided I'm going to have treat Tuesdays, so I just bake something ridiculously <gasps> calorie-laden just having a Tuesday evening with my daughter. Love this because we know you did the um, you did the chocolate cake that sounded amazing. Yeah. Well, I so made triple chop oh. cookies. There's a theme oh. here, isn't there? Yes. yes. I, I obviously, like. I hate chocolate, but I do it for my child. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to try them, haven't you, Mags? <laughs> Maybe just to make sure they're not poisonous, because I've had my life. I don't want to end her. <laughs> so selfless, Mags. <laughs> I'm just <babe. laughs> um, Well, I, I'm sure Sarah agrees that we'll volunteer ourselves to try them um, mm. when we're back in the studio again. I shall make some. Thank you. What about you, Sarah? What have you been doing? <laughs> I have started riding my bike. <gasps> yeah. Which hasn't been out of the garage since I was about 12. Um, Hang on, does it still fit you? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was a big 12 year old. <laughs> um, so we're fine on that front. Um, I've got such a massive head, though. I've, I had to get like a, <laughs> a large slash extra large bike helmet. So oh. if you see like a bobble head on a bike, <laughs> it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please get a photo to put on the Netball Nation social? I showed Stacey and she was like, you look like an eight-year-old. Like, <laughs> you've got like a massive head and then there's nothing. I see I've got an image now of like, you know, that you can buy these little plastic things that sit on your dashboard. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you, if you're listening to this um, and wondering what Sarah does look like on a bike with a helmet, we will try and get a photo out of her to get on the socials. So keep your eyes peeled on Netball Nation. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Now, before we do start this week's show, we want to remind you of our fantastic competition that we launched in last week's show. To keep your team netballing with Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK and supported by ASICS, we are giving you the chance to win a pair of ASICS professional double F black netball trainers for you and every member of your team, so that when you're finally back together, you'll be wearing shoes that let you be the best you can be on court. And we'll even add print ID to every pair so you don't get them mixed up. To enter the competition, all you've got to do is go to www.keepnetballing.uk where you can also read all the T's and C's. Now, we love this one. It's been very popular so far. Uh, probably doesn't surprise you. And I know that the two girls that I work with are very big fans of it. Aren't you, Maggie and Sarah? <laughs> we oh, are. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Oh, 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 hang on. <laughs> so, um, for anyone listening and not seeing... Um, Mags and Sarah have both got a pair of these trainers that they are flashing right now on Zoom. They look incredible. Mags has got her name on them. Sarah, yours says SEB, doesn't it? Yeah. That's my initials. But, have you both been wearing Did you wear them on your bike ride? Well, no, I've not been on a bike ride since I got them. Okay. But I, I, I will do. Maybe I'll send you a picture of me and my trainers on my bike ride. Yes, would love that. And what about you, Mags? Because um, you've been keeping fit in lockdown. Have you been wearing yours? I've not had them physically on my feet as yet, but I will send a picture while, when they're in use. 
Perfect. And we'll make sure we give you a review, mini review on next week's show. Uh, Now on today's show, we've got a special guest you'll have heard a lot of if you follow Super League Netball. And on top of that, plenty of high class chat from Sarah and Mags, of course. Firstly, netball tricks. You know the ones. We'll be discussing our memories of playing netball near and far in club tournaments and school competitions. Secondly, the ANZ Premiership. It was announced this week that the Elite League in New Zealand is coming back on the 19th of June. But before all that, we have got another Caroline on the show, Manchester Thunder's Caroline O'Hanlon. Now, she's used to juggling plenty of things at the same time, working as a doctor in her native Northern Ireland alongside playing for Thunder and captaining her home nation. But a global pandemic has landed even more on Caroline's plate, and we are desperate to hear all about how being a netball playing doctor during the coronavirus has been going. So, Caroline, first up, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for being here on Netball Nation, despite your crazy schedule right now. Thanks for having me. Um, I suppose things are actually probably calmer than they normally are. I'm stuck in one place like everybody else, so uh, <laughs> there's not the same movement. Um, but yeah, very different to maybe six or eight weeks ago, certainly, um, for us all. Uh, I'm working in general practice, so I'm based in, in a GP practice most days, and then we cover COVID centres. I'm not sure if you if that's, if that's fully operational or if they work in the same way in England, but we have COVID centres, that's where we send patients who are not sick enough to need hospital, but who need to be assessed, and we don't bring them into our practice, we send them to the COVID centres. So we as GPs cover those centres and cover our own practices as well. So I'm working between the two at the moment. How are you finding that, Caroline? Um, it's, it's weird how you adapt to things, and, and now I suppose like it's all like social distancing and everything now becomes normal. Um, yes, yeah, so it's it's normal now, but um, it's certainly very very different to what it was a couple of months ago. Um, and getting them set up, I mean, there was a lot of um, anxiety and fear around these places and what kind kinds of patients we were going to see. You know, were they going to be very sick? You know, were they going to? You know, did we have enough facilities at these centres to cope with patients who were very sick? Because obviously, you weren't in a hospital environment where you have you know oxygen and. Um, intensive care and these things to, to back you up um, so it was there was a lot of chat and a lot of anxiety around setting those things up um, well, but how long, what does it look like what does a covid center look like in, in um, it's the, here there's the one that the one that i work in is um it would have been like an old hospital it's a, like an outpatient building essentially so uh, it's where clinics are run usually so the hospital's one of the satellite clinics for the hospital um, so it doesn't it doesn't have A and E facilities. So if someone if someone becomes very sick, um, you don't have that resource facility to, to cope with them. So that's where a lot of that anxiety came from. So you're on we te- we triage a lot of them by telephone before they go to these centres. So there's a lot of pressure on on that that you assess them properly and that you're not sending somebody who is is potentially sick to those places because that's not that wouldn't be safe. So and there's a lot of pressure when you're when you're speaking to them on the phone to assess how well they are and where the most appropriate place to send them is. Um, but obviously, like you've seen on the television, you know, day-to-day we're fully PPE'd up, um, you know, from head to toe. So that, that in itself is a very unnatural um, situation because, I mean, you imagine these patients, they're watching the news, they're hearing the statistics about um, COVID-19 and, you know, the, the death rates are, are all that are really reported. It's not, you're not hearing a whole lot about you know the ma- the mass uh, the vast amount of people who are you know doing quite are doing really well and surviving. It's all about the death rates. So there's a lot of fear when people come in and they think they might have COVID. So it's very hard for you to reassure them when you're in a in a mask, a gown, and you look like you're you know in a flipping nuclear war. You know, um, so that's very unnatural because you're used to just reassuring patients, sort of you know touching them and examining them, and now you're standing off them. Um, you know. You're afraid of you're afraid of catching something off them, and equally you're afraid of giving something to them because you don't know what you um, are carrying. I suppose potentially, so it's very very unnatural. What Caroline? Um, obviously, I mean, before you joined us, Sarah was just saying she hasn't even been to the supermarket during this time. We've managed to like avoid as much human, you know, getting in contact with humans as possible. Um, just. Personal interest, really. I want to know from someone who's seen this. What's it like mentally for you? Um, initially, there was a lot of apprehension because you feel like you're going into those environments, and you know the, you have the potential not just to get sick yourself, but the, to be a, you know a vector for the disease, so to carry it home to your friends, your family, 
Um, and, you know, you worry about, you know, your, your vulnerable relatives that you could potentially do, you know, that they've become very ill. Um, and just when the figures were coming out of the start and you were hearing the stories from Italy, um, you know, we kind of thought that this was just going to be overwhelming. Um, and I suppose it was that fear, and certainly, and in, in a lot of um, unrest, certainly within, you know, my colleagues and friends when you were chatting about it, just that unknown um, but now I suppose um, here in Northern Ireland, like our figures have been have been pretty good. They haven't reached the scales that they had potentially predicted. Um, there have been deaths, which obviously have been awful, but you know they haven't reached the scales that they had potentially thought could happen. So um, it is a bit different. You know, I think we're in a different environment to maybe in England as well. Um, but it's just that fear of coming out of it and how how best to do that because. Um, you know, as soon as you you let people loose, um, there is that that uh, fear that you know things will spike again. And I think yeah. you're still on the the stay home, aren't you, at the moment yeah. in Northern right. Ireland? Whereas yeah. in England, they've let us sort of like wiggle our wings a little bit. Mm. Stay I home, yeah. don't stay it. home, but go out if you have to, but don't go out. Yeah. 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 Stay, stay alert, guys. That's stay alert. Yeah. yeah, that's a clear. Yeah. Um, but Caroline, what what has been an outlet for you? Is there anything that you've been doing to sort of give yourself some mental space? Um, the first few weeks were hard. Um, I thought, you know, what you were we were working a lot, and um, I was because I was working part time and going to England and stuff. Um, being back and work full time all week and at the weekends as well was a big shock to the system. So um, I wasn't doing as much training and you sort of felt crap when you were worried about things and just it was a bit of a rut. Um, we were trying to keep in touch with, with your teammates and stuff and um, but still it's hard. You have programs obviously to, to work off in terms of um, training but uh, it is hard. Um, the last couple of weeks we started to do a bit more with uh, our Thunder teammates for a bit of crack, so um, having different challenges over the weeks. So that's actually been great. Um, you know, that something competitive is is the way to keep, to keep keep on top of it. I think um, you know training with no end goal and no target is is really hard, um, and especially when you're just used to having something always on always on the horizon. Um, to have that uncertainty is quite hard to to motivate yourself, I suppose. Um, so certainly having having the support of, of Thunder and having those um, challenges, just sort of silly things like, um, you know, just exercise challenges and then, you know, getting stupid photos or doing videos or just a real, a real variety of things, just, just for a bit of crap. And, and how's morale been? Because, you, you know, you mentioned that. How's morale been amongst your teammates? Um, it's, it's, it's been good on the, on the whole, I think. Um, the group are all very keen to, to get back to something. Um, although we appreciate that obviously safety is going to come first and we've no idea when you know, anything's going to happen. But um, you know, the group's just keen to have something. And you know, while I know there's a lot of debate in terms of what that's going to look like and whether there's going to be a league or whether they're going to have a different structure. Um, I think us as a group, we're just we're we're netball supporters as much as players, and you know you don't want to see a massive gap whenever um, netball has had such a, a good momentum um, to go from sort of March until the middle of next February without any competitive netball for spectators or you know for us as supporters is is a nightmare. Like so, we're keen to 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 do whatever we can to have something in that uh, period. How do you see it looking? Like, obviously, as and when it's safe to play netball again, how do you see the Super League season looking? That's a magic question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please help us. <laughs> a lot of it, I don't know, I think a lot of it depends on netball England, so you, your guess is as good as mine. Um, it's, it's difficult over here because we, as you've, as you've already said, are having sort of different messages, so... Um, we're hearing um, obviously messages from the UK government, messages from the Irish government, and then our devolved government are doing their own thing as well. So it's very hard to really know what's going to happen. So we're kind of looking at three different plans out of out of it. So um, it's <laughs> it's really hard to hard to know. Um, in terms of sport over here, there's you know because I play Gaelic as well, I'm looking at what what what's happening with that, and you know there's been some. Um, 
chat about like club structures will get back up and running before county level. So that would be the equivalent of like prem or local local leagues even even before prem. Um, getting up and running first, um, and then county um, later in the year. Uh, it, a lot of it depends on sort of suppose England's international calendar as well. They don't make you know suppose they don't know what's happening with any of those fixtures as well. So no, it's it's a strange time, and we seem to be asking the same question every week on Netball Nation. And like you say, it's the magic question because no one knows, do they? You know, it's not like we've got a crystal ball and we can look to the future. But for you personally, Caroline. Um, how do you see your future in netball? Oh, that's another hard question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, because again, like what I've been doing probably for the last 15 years has been sort of just taking it a year at a time and um, assessing how the year's gone and, you know, how I'm feeling and how my body's feeling and what sort of injuries and things I've had and, you know, what what sort of balance I have in my life at that at that time and sort of making a call. Um I mean obviously I was looking forward to this season very much so to defend our title but um I mean that's don't know how that's gonna go yet. But um it's gonna be very hard because um I mean you, you base a lot on how you, how the season has gone so I don't know what way things are gonna work for movement within the franchises. Like I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting certainly but um I don't. I don't know. Um, at this moment in time, having haven't been six weeks without having any purpose, you kind of um, would love to get back to training for a purpose. So, um, in that sense, at the moment, I'm feeling very keen to play. Um, and but as I say, I don't know. It's not. Those decisions are not completely in my sole control. Well, well, Caroline, well, can I say, Caroline, if, if I may be allowed to say, I mean, as you, I'm going to call it as you get a little bit more mature within your netball life, <laughs> you're looking physically on uh, uh, the best you ever have. You are looking fabulously fit and toned. I think the term might even be buff. Um, can, I say, can we say that? I've said it. Um, but you are, you're looking well, you're looking healthy, you're looking fit and physically in shape. Um, you know, how are you managing to do all that? And the fantastic word, we'll raise my coffee to you as a doctor within the NHS. You're clearly finding time to do all that and, do, and keeping yourself well. Yeah, but I mean, training, training is very, you know, very much contributes to that. You know, I like to keep fit and, you know, it makes me feel better and I function better in work. Because even as I said, those first couple of weeks where I wasn't doing any training, geez, it was like a burr in work, you know. So <laughs> I think it keeps you saying, you know, it keeps you, your energy levels good, you know, you eat better, you feel better. Um, so you do, I do think it's very important to, you know, to both aspects of your life, you know, keeping that level of training up. Um, well, look, Caroline, we're going to take the crystal ball away from you and take the pressure off now um, and ask you about something more simple uh, in netball shoes. Uh, we've launched a competition with our sponsors at Netball UK, supported by ASICS, to win a pair of their professional uh, double Fs, FFs in black for an entire netball team, uh, which I know Max and Sarah think is a very good prize. Don't you girls, eh? Uh, <laughs> Now yeah, we, we know, <laughs> we know, Caroline, that you play uh, in these. So, yeah. can you just tell us why they're so? Oh, I feel like you're going to whip one out. There she goes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, for anyone, anyone who is um, listening, not seeing, can you just describe the shoe and why it is so good? Um, I suppose I made the switch over to a netball shoe about um, maybe four or five years ago. Initially, we wore a running shoe. Um, they're they're difficult enough to get used to. Um, they feel a bit different to a running shoe, but once you get used to them, you feel so secure in them. Certainly for changing direction, um, where I had uh, quite a quite a lot of ankle injuries, like most people, I think, roll their ankle on a regular basis. And um, once I started using these, I felt much more secure when I was changing direction, much more confident pushing off. Um, and even you know, just that risk I think was reduced, and certainly the number of injuries I had was reduced. Um, now I wouldn't I, like if I go out onto an apple court with runners on, they feel like I'm naked, you know, and that I'm completely at risk. But um, yeah, no, they're a brilliant shoe, very lightweight, um, and yeah, love them. 
Oh, that's very good. Recommendation. Yeah, I know. I feel like we're on QVC. It's yeah. great that. <laughs> Thanks, Caroline. Um, now, before we let you go, um, we can't leave out the big money question, which is now even juicier since you were recently voted ahead of Sarah in the Manchester Thunder <laughs> Dream Team to play at centre. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Uh, now, the pair of you swapped clubs with Sarah moving to Strathclyde Sirens after a number of seasons at Thunder and a stint in New Zealand, and you went the other way to Manchester. Uh, now, you had some great battles on court against each other. What was it like filling those huge shoes that Sarah left behind in that centre court? They're not that big. There's only <laughs> those big, big double Fs. <laughs> Make me sound like I've got boats. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like, Caroline? Yeah, it was it was a strange time because I love my kind of sirens and you know they're a great franchise to, to be a part of. Um, but I think you know the history in in Thunder and you know we saw even from that poll that was done. The quality of players that they had um, through the through the different years is phenomenal. Like all, all you know, in every position you're kinda of like, Wow, but I forgot they played for Thunder and you know, they have produced such great quality players. So to be approached by Thunder to and be offered a contract was unbelievable. So it's kind of something you can really turn down. Um, but yeah, I certainly was uh, nervous and knew I had to uh, pull my socks off. I suppose socks off. Um, to, uh, to try and get into the Thunder team. I knew that obviously Sarah, as we said, had left a big hole there. And um, yeah, I just had to, to put my head down and work hard and hope to try and, um, I don't know, even, I, I'm not even going to say I was compared to her, but yeah, do, do as best as I could. Those big boat shoot holes there, Sarah, <laughs> yes. you left behind. Never going to fill those. No, no, no one can fill those size 14s. <laughs> um, you must, you must have found the, the Thunder fans pretty, pretty great though. Like they've really kind of taken you as one of their own in Manchester, and and there's some, they've got some crazy fans. There. Yeah, they certainly do, and, and some of the volunteers, they're just brilliant characters. And um, but yeah, that's what makes it, isn't it? I mean, they they definitely are the, the best fans in the in the franchise, and you know it makes such a difference. I mean. Particularly our match last year, the semi-final against Bath, which was in the uh, right Robbie. I mean, the atmosphere at that match was unbelievable, and the drum, which was talked about at, uh, at length, um, what, you know, just it just added to the whole occasion. And you know, um, it was such a tightly fought battle, and you know, it was just it was just a phenomenal atmosphere to be a part of. So the question I'm going to ask you then, Caroline, is then um, the suggestion is that when netball does come back, that it will be behind closed doors without fans or supporters being there. Does it have an impact to your game, whether they are there or not? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely feel the difference. I mean, it's, uh, when you play like friendly matches or even um, tournament matches, when there's you know less of a crowd there, you know, it does take away from it, certainly. But um, as I said, I think for for a sport and in order to keep some momentum going, um, I don't think that we can completely rule that out as an option if it's the only way possible. Yeah, agreed. Thank yeah, you. I think I think it, we we've spoken about this before, but it's funny, Caroline, isn't it? How the goalposts change. It's kind of like at what one point you would have thought that's completely unheard of. I couldn't deal with that. We're now going. Do you know what? If it saves the sport and allows the season to continue, or we'll go ahead. You're okay with it? Yeah, it's the best of a bad situation. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of issues in terms of you know import players and. Um, like even the likes of myself and you know Neve Cooper and Fnella Toner who are based in Northern Ireland, um, you know getting over, you know, so we, there are going to be a lot of obstacles. But I think that I suppose, um, yeah, you know, winning and losing, uh, you know, I think needs to be taken out of the question. It's more about the sport, and we have to be adaptable and you know do what's best for the sport and not for individuals or even just individual franchises. It's you know we want the sport to be seen and we want to keep it in in the public eye. Um, want to keep people interested and keep them, you know, and in, in, on television, even if that's the only way possible. Absolutely. Um, now, Caroline, before we let you go, have you got um, any advice as someone who is, you know, dealing with this kind of, it's right in front of you, you're, you're seeing this all the time. Any advice for any, any netballers out there at any level who might be struggling at the minute? Um, I suppose just keeping in contact with your teammates. Um, it, it's as I said, yeah. Like I find, I find it difficult um, just having that motivation to keep going all the time. But I suppose um, even if you're not training to the same level that you would have been in season, 
just to keep yourself ticking over and not beat yourself up that you're not training at that level because you know what, there's no matches for the you know for the, the foreseeable. So you just want to keep your skills up. Maybe pick um set yourself a target, pick a skill or something that you want to work on and just you know just do something that you mightn't have had the time to do maybe in, in a busy season. Amazing. Uh, Caroline O'Hanlon, thank you so, so much. Thank you for jumping on Netball Nation. And thank you for, as well, keeping up the good work and keeping uh, what is a weird world ticking over. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you. Right then, let's set the scene. You've travelled for seven hours on a boiling hot coach only to arrive at National Schools Finals for the heavens to open. You've then got to wait three hours before your first game, but then as soon as you step on court and have the ball in your hands, it is all forgotten and you just want to play. So, Sarah, over to you first. Yes. What's your favourite memory, and I feel like this is going to be absolutely golden, of going on a netball <laughs> tour or playing in a tournament for your school or club? I feel like all my favourite memories from tour have nothing to do with netball. So, uh, Don't I'll say probably... it, it's 99 watershed. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on tour stays on tour. Absolutely. Um, what is my favourite memory? I, I mean, we've spoken before about national schools, but national schools was always an epic tournament. Um, National, um, sorry, Alex Barless when that was around into counties, they were always great tournaments. My mum was gutted because about a week ago she was meant to go to Spain for her walking netball. <gasps> girls oh. on top, t shirts made and everything. You know? No. Yeah, girls gone oh. wild in the 60s. So. Oh, oh, bless her. <laughs> oh, but, I bet. <laughs> can they not do like a Zoom holiday or put the tops on? Oh, yeah, I think they're doing that. They're doing a session, you know. <laughs> keeping the train oh, up um, that, well do you know what i hope they get to rearrange it when this is all over oh they'll do something don't worry they'll probably just go out instead <laughs> <laughs> um but sarah for you i mean uh, pretend there's no watershed right you, mm. you can say whatever you want what is your number one memory that you have i think the best thing about tours is is the fact that you're all together as a team so usually the last night of tour is the best thing about tour because you don't have to get up the next day. You can all go out, have a good time, do a bit of karaoke, you know, dance on the bar, celebrate your win, commiserate your loss. And actually, like, that's what makes a team. Like, you know, the, the winning and the losing is obviously important. It becomes more important the higher up you go. But the reason everyone plays team sport is because you like being around other people. So when you get to go on tour and you don't just see them, like, for two hours on a Tuesday night, you get to see them for like a weekend or a whole week or whatever. It's like the best thing ever. It's like your best mates all like having sleepovers for a week. Oh my God, that does sound amazing. Also, you mentioned karaoke there and I seem to remember you two agreeing to do a, a duet <laughs> this week, didn't you? Well, um, we've not conferred. Okay, <laughs> well, Mark's giving it the, well, the um, professional <laughs> fingers to the ear like she's tuning. <laughs> Mags is ready to go. <laughs> I'll tell you what, sorry, you could be backing vocals because I could tell yeah, you not yeah, prepared. <laughs> um, Mags, what, oh, sorry, nearly whipped your laptop out of the camper van. Um, Mags, what is, for you, what's, what's your memory uh, you know i didn't do the alex Barless, but i did do the uh, intercounties and very much what sarah said about the you know the friendships and being together all the time they were like my sisters i don't have sisters so these girls that i played netball with were my family because you ended up spending more time with those girls than you do with your own family because invariably most of the girls play for the same club as you do so you see them at club you see them at county and then you get off um and it's hard to explain to somebody if you've never been part of that kind of setup that kind of a tournament you lived for inter-counties you could not wait to get on that coach because it started the second you got on that coach and back in the day you know there were beers and drink yes. on, on coaches. You know, I don't know if Sarah was allowed that on with, you know, with her county, but we had beers at the back of us. No, that's where you came of age. I think I started playing like senior counties when I was like 16. And the things I learned oh. on the back of that coach, they, they do not teach you that at school. They do Absolutely. not teach you that at school. Absolutely not. Can, can you teach the Netball Nation listeners, please? Um, <laughs> maybe it's not. <laughs> you know, and, and depending upon how old you were the younger you were so if you were like if it was the under you know was it the under 18s or the under 21s or seniors because the, the tournament was played over a couple of age groups 
the younger you were, you were at the back of the bus. But then you could tell as you were maturing and getting older because you could tell how old you were by where you ended up on the bus. When I got to the front, I thought, hell no, time to get it up. <laughs> That's what I think every time we get on the coach now. I'm like the, the person on the front seat. I'm like, what, what has happened true, to life? Isn't it? It what a loser. So so, Sarah's now the driver. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one sit chatting to the driver like, hey, where, where, are you going to after this? How long do you want? <laughs> Um, but for both of you, did you ever see anyone during that time and then and know, do you know what, you're going to be so successful and then watch them go on and be successful? Yeah, I saw, um, I remember seeing Pamela Cookie play. Um, I think she was playing, I can't, I can't even remember who she was playing for. It might, it might have been Gloucestershire, it might have been Bedfordshire before that. Um, but we're the same age. And I was playing in, I think, the under-18s or whatever, and she was already playing seniors. And she was just insane, like, in terms of her ability to get free, her movement, her pace. And I was like, who is that girl? And then someone was like, yeah, that's Pamela Cookie. I think she'd already made her England debut, you know. She's one mm. of those overachievers. Um, <laughs> but I remember seeing her and just being like, oh, my word. And then someone was like, yeah, she's, like, your age. I was like right so go go <laughs> and have we've a already, myself. we've already had this conversation about you being a late burner sarah so yeah i know but but no and it is fine but um you know seeing someone like that and then i think i had no concept either at the time of like what senior netball was about you know i played netball as a junior and i played it like i say i played it because i loved it and because i loved my teammates and we all had a good time and we were pretty good and then to see that next level up is a bit like oh right this is what we we sh should be aiming for this is what people can do so that was pretty cool and then you know i'm really good friends with pam now but kind of seeing seeing her at that point and then seeing everything that she went on to achieve was was awesome and amazing I think, uh, what about you max i think it's got to be amanda newton i mean honestly <laughs> if you've ever seen her play if you've ever spent time in her company you know she is a no mess kind of girl and you know when you saw her on a court she had a presence in the defense you know and and shooters visibly shook when they knew that they were up against her because she turned up for business don't step on her unless you're going to give me a game um and she was physically uh, you know, she was physically just amazing. She was athletic. She was fearless. And, you know, she was the difference between sometimes, you know, teams winning and losing. So she, you just knew she was going to pull out the bag, some amazing interception, or you knew she was going to cause a shooter to crumble um, and turn the ball over and send it back up court for her team. She was just phenomenal. And look where she ended up. She's done some amazing things. And, you know, when, when we've like talked in previous pods about about shorter defenders taking on mm. taller shooters. Amanda's a little bit shorter than me. Like she, she was like five ten or so for, mm. for a defender at the international level. She wasn't just good nationally. She was like world class yeah. defender, like one of the best defenders I've ever Absolutely. seen. And she wasn't that big, but you she know, you talk about yeah the presence of it and the aura around mm. her. And you talk about players like having like super strength. You know, like what what are they insanely good at? And Amanda's was that presence and that mm. mindset of like, you are not going to beat me. Like it was it's true. <laughs> and even to this day, I mean, and she's honest. She's straight talking and she's honest, which I think some people struggle a little bit with. But I kind of like that. Yeah. And, and you said, you know, that a lot of your best memories, Sarah, don't actually involve the netball. How important? No, the tours, I can't even remember the games. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, England tours, people will talk to me about, like, internationals we played, and I'm like, I just, I can't remember that game at all. But I don't forget any of the stuff that happened off court. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. all, all the juicy bits yeah. off court. But, but how important would you say that's been in moulding you both and, and helping to shape you both in your careers? What, the on-court stuff or the off-court yeah. stuff? <laughs> I, 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 I want to say both, but I feel like it's the off-court stuff for you. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it does because I think you know you go, especially international tours. You go away on tour, and you're a long way from home usually, and you go through like great, amazing wins, and you go through tough times. You go, you, like you get injured away from home. It's not a nice time. You 
take a hammer in from the Aussies, it's not a nice time. You, you have a massive dip in form. And there's things you kind of learn about yourself and about the people around you when you're getting through those sorts of times um, that kind of really does shape who you become and, and what kind of person you are. And I think like we're joking a lot about the off court stuff, but um, I really struggled like in my international career to find a balance between having fun and, and playing well, because I, I almost wouldn't allow myself to have fun until all the playing was over because I felt guilty. Like I'm, I was there to do a job mm. and I should, I like when I finished training, I should, I should be going away and recovering and then I should probably be watching video. I shouldn't be going out and for coffee or going, seeing people I knew in the area or whatever. And I almost felt, felt guilty if I switched off. And only towards the end of my international career did I realise that I needed to do like I needed to do that in order to get headspace away from the game. And because I think as a young as a younger player internationally, I really struggled with it because I put so much pressure on myself. And you, it takes time to learn those things about yourself. I think that's really good advice because for anyone watching this now, now who's who's young and. It, it, that kind of understanding that it's a balance you've got to balance off what's going to help you mentally that's actually going to help you physically I guess isn't it yeah and I think I, I was especially bad if I felt like I hadn't played well um I, I then didn't want anyone to see me even my own team like being happy or enjoying myself because mm. I'd let I felt like I'd let them down you know I'd not played well so what right did I then have to be happy about it or to be off out for ice cream or whatever and I when I got older I was like my god I need to loosen up a little bit like it's not like it's not the end of the world it, it's devastating because it's your job and it's what you want to be really good at but you know people aren't sitting around waiting for you to smile and then jump on it because you no <laughs> people want you to smile they do they do and Sarah do you wish you'd find that you'd found that balance and that mindset a little bit earlier was there nobody oh, around yeah. you was there nobody around you in that group of girls that you were playing with at that time that that maybe you could have gone to and spoken to or that recognized that and could say something to um, you I think I think there was to, to some extent and I think I think people kind of did try and help me a little bit um but I think there's also an acceptance in sport that people are very different yeah, and I yeah. think um like the best thing for me which which sounds awful was probably um tearing my ACL because when when I came back from that um my mindset around the game especially the international game was completely different in terms of this can all be taken away so you need to enjoy it it's not about okay. just hammering yourself and trying to win all the time and and pulling every single performance apart piece by piece it's you're doing this because you enjoy it so make the most of it because you don't know when it's going to end and that kind of changed things for me and I think seeing players come through um the likes of Serena um who is much more light-hearted all the time like win lose or draw you can yeah. get a, a joke out of it and I was like this like this girl's one of the best players in the world and she's not like she is hard on herself but she's not like not going out of her room because she's not played well like it, yeah. it it's something that I, I do wish I'd learned I'd learned earlier because I enjoyed my netball much more at the end of my career than okay. I did at the beginning yeah I, I think suppose, sorry sorry Emma, no, go on no, no when it was my time international, I, I, there, were a, there was a cohort of us that were very, very much like-minded. And when I say very much like-minded, we were kind of like, I suppose you'd probably say that we were, were a little bit naughty. You know, so for as much as we were there to do a job and yeah, we felt all the same emotions that Sarah felt about, we've lost again to Australia. But do you know what? Silver lining, they only beat us by 12 this time instead of 18 or something like that. And that to a point felt acceptable, whereas we know it isn't. But this, this group of us, and they know who they are, um, we always managed to, to do something that without the coach knowing, you know, we always managed to sneak out um not drinking but we'd sneak out and do something together you know even if it was a beach in perth beautiful beach near to where we were stopping just all the five or six of us and mm -hmm. um, just sit out and just talk and chat and laugh and giggle to get away from the the seriousness of, of why we were there um you know and you know with this one particular person she knows who she is you know we snuck out to see a podiatrist of all things um, crazy 
Uh, yeah. Oh, we know. <laughs> it got wild. <laughs> but what we've done was we stayed out a little bit later than we should have done, and we get back to this accommodation where we should be, and all the doors are locked. But there's there's, there's one window open, <laughs> one window open, which is into the ladies' toilets, and she's slimmer than I am. I got too much booty. She ain't got none. So, <laughs> so she's lifted up. I'm lifting her up to get her back into this dormitory, this university. And she gets in, lets me in, but then she's bruised all oh, down the front. No. And she's having to explain to the coach how she's got this bruise all the way down her. <laughs> so, you know, we, we always manage to find a balance. But then, um, you know, it's a long time ago. A long time ago. Well, I think, I think the balance is really important. And I think more... I think. I think players and coaches probably appreciate it more now that actually, you know, giving players something outside of netball yeah. and letting them switch off is actually really helpful. I remember we were, in, we were on tour in New Zealand and it was like a three and a half week tour or something. It was quite long and they'd only given us one day off. So we were, oh we were like, God. right, we're going to make the most of this day. So <laughs> we were in Rotorua and we ended up, we went like luging down the down the mountain in the morning and then white water rafting in the afternoon nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. this mammoth day and then someone like had like a twisted ankle or something from white water oh, rafting. No. And like you're just gonna have to strap it yeah, up and it go off. like just <laughs> get on with it <laughs> but talking Amazing. about new zealand i think that's why i have this i absolutely love new zealand i think it's my most favorite place in the world i think the people are amazing you know the 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 kiwi national team those girls just party like animals and and probably along with the girls from ireland as well after it's all done all the competitions done whether it be world champs whether it be a test series you know they are the first people to say right you've got half an hour get yourself sorted we're out we're going to party hard we'll make sure you get home in the morning and they're the most wonderful hosts um, and most wonderful people um, as well as being awesome athletes well, I can I can tell you I did I did the rounds of a few um a few after parties at World Cup and New Zealand's oh. was the only one with a free bar. There you go. There you go. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, do you know what, girls? It's really nice to just hear you both. You could tell how happy you were just casting your minds back and talking about those memories. And it, it's so nice just hearing it. And even you know, sorry, you reflecting on it and realizing that actually it's that whole thing of stripping it back to basics and remembering why you even started playing netball in the first place it's the enjoyment of it and the social aspects of it wanting to be around people and part of a team and i think anyone listening to that um who who's younger no offense to you guys is <laughs> gonna take <laughs> no but really really like i was listening going that's great advice that's really really good advice and now it is your turn so if you've been on tour we want you to share your tournament pictures, your stories. Did you go and visit a podiatrist? Let us know. Were you as wild as, as Max? Uh, did you I go don't think anyone's tours as wild as that. <laughs> please, please do send them to us so that we can feature them on our social media channels. Uh, get them sent in to hello at mynetballnation.com. Right, we move on, girls. Uh, it seems like forever since we've been able to say it with confidence, but netball is coming back New Zealand's ASF Premiership set to return on the 19th of June now the season's been shortened to 10 weeks and every game is going to be played at the Auckland Netball Centre behind closed doors Sarah what was your initial thoughts when you heard this um, mainly just excited you know that we're going to see some netball this year um, that you know one of the main leagues is going to get, get it done um, and I think New Zealand um, it's like we've talked about before, their league's kind of gone under the radar a little bit for the last couple of years, but there's been some great matches. So I'm, I'm excited that it'll probably get a little bit more exposure and we'll all, we'll all be watching it because we're all dying. There's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, uh, behind closed doors, no fans, Mags. Um, is it a case of it's better than nothing? I think, I think every netball player that plays at that level, and Caroline said it herself, you know, during her interview, of course they would love the fans there for the atmosphere um, that they bring. But do you know what? If, if we need to be playing these games behind closed doors for the safety of all individuals, and we're still getting to see it, probably some would say from the best seat in the house because you can sit at home and watch it and you get a great view, then yeah, absolutely, it's better than nothing. Let's get it televised and let's watch it. Absolutely. And do you think um, this is going to give sort of 
um, netball netballers around the world hope of their leagues returning sooner? Yeah, I think yeah. it will. You know, sport coming back kind of makes everything feel a bit more normal, doesn't it? And I think it will definitely give give netballers hope that you know we will be back at some point and and seeing seeing them. You know, New Zealand have done a really good job of just having very little, very few deaths from from COVID and kind of locking down and, and almost getting rid of it to some extent. So hopefully if we can get to that point, we'll, we'll be where they are now. Mm. And, and do you think, um, Mag, from your point of view, does it maybe give New Zealand a bit of an advantage on the international stage that they're restarting before everyone else? Well... I know that they're looking at most teams are looking at a four week running to get them back up and training with the coaches and the, the, the connections back on court. If they were going to still run the Constellation Cup in September, I think it is, then New Zealand, who are playing that, would have a, a four week, maybe six week advantage on the, the Aussies, who are probably not going to be back together as a combined unit playing. But I can't see them playing that tournament in September. Everything's going to get pushed back. So initially, you would think that they would have an advantage. But I think long term, it won't make any difference. Okay. Um, and do you agree with that, Sarah? Yeah, I, think, I don't think you'll see Australia or New Zealand internationally until next year. Yeah. So Still a call. Um, I think by then it's probably leveled itself out because I imagine both those leagues will get played and then they'll both have a, a relatively normal um, lead up to the internationals so yeah I mean it's great that they're the first to start but yeah I think it'll probably level out by then. And do you think um, with it obviously being played behind closed doors and you know people being able to watch it in, on telly do you think with there being a lack of sport at the minute that actually it could bring new fans to netball? Yeah, yeah I mean it, it could do and I, I know New Zealand rugby are going back soon as well um, so I think in New Zealand they'll probably have the same competitors in terms of you know who's watching sport and different sports playing but I think internationally uh, they're the only like major netball league playing and then hopefully everyone here in this country is dying for sport to watch everyone's so excited <laughs> yeah. about the German football league coming back. I'm like I've never Bring heard of some the of these teams <laughs> but I'm gonna watch it all day so hopefully that's the same for, for netball and they, I think they're filming everything they're doing, showing all the games live on sky as well yeah, so, I think they're on Sky and I think you can get them on Facebook as well. So yeah. every, every medium, yeah. Yeah, so, well, hopefully it will attract uh, new fans during this time. But, I mean, over here in England, obviously, we had a really clear and concise speech from Boris the other day about what, we, what we're going to do moving clear forward. Clear and concise. <laughs> I was waiting for you Give to click on. Kind of like one of my team talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said something, but I'm not sure what it yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to ask you both, kind of, in a word, what did you take from that speech? A word? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I've got no idea. I'm more confused now than I've ever been during this <laughs> Well, we're all in agreement with that then. Yeah. Um, but um, it was also announced that Elite Sports not permitted to restart until at least the 1st of June, uh, which times in the Netball Super League saying there's going to be no decision until at least the 31st of May. Uh, so if it happens, how does Super League fare without fans? Is that, is that okay with you guys? <sighs> it's, I mean, Sarah will see it from a different perspective to myself. It still comes back to that, better than nothing at all. But we've already had the comparisons about we need bums on seats within the English game because everybody, I would suggest every franchise has been hit financially by something that's been completely out of their control. So, mm -hmm. yeah, of course, get Sky in. Let's see if we can do a deal where Sky actually watch every single game and, and televise every single game. Um, would fans pay to watch it? Yeah, I think a nominal fee. They probably would if they don't already have Sky Sports. Um, but it's the financial implication, isn't it, again, that keeps running running around? Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, is it possible, can they stay afloat without bums on seats, without fans, without that revenue? No, in a word. Um, so, I mean, agreed, like, we, we'd all love to see some netball played. And I think, you know, behind closed doors looks more likely than, than anything. Yeah. But from, from franchises' perspective, it's it's more revenue that they can't yeah. regain. So yeah. you're, you're paying players at the minute. I'm, I'm not saying they're doing nothing, but you're pay, paying them when they're not playing. And then you will continue to pay them, but then you will have all your 
game costs and travel costs and everything else on top of that when you're still not recouping anything so for a lot of franchises it's a little bit like well it doesn't make financial sense it it, it makes sense in terms of wanting to play netball and the game but it doesn't make financial sense so i'm not because you put yourself even further into the red just digging yourself a, a, a deeper hole and i'm not sure all 10 franchises would be willing to do that and I mean, Sarah, even from a personal point of view, how do you feel? Because we've had a few, we've heard a few football players come out and go, we don't feel comfortable coming out and playing now because the world needs to see sport. How do you feel um, about a sport resuming before there is a vaccine or before um, we get it fully under control in this country? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> For me, it's different. Like I'm currently with my parents. If 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 we were told we were we were going to start in June, I would go back and live on my own because I wouldn't I wouldn't risk that. And so, but some people don't have that option. You know, players and and staff who are going home to vulnerable friends and family. Like I can understand them not wanting to to do that and not wanting to put themselves at risk because why why should sports people over anyone else? Like we. The frontline workers do an insane job um, and they're putting themselves at risk. And I think you can ask people to do it, but you can't assume that they should because they're, they're an athlete and, you know, we all want some entertainment. How do you respond to that? So if someone comes and says, no, I don't feel comfortable training, I don't feel comfortable playing, what, well, for, what Like for me, I think it's what we just, we just spoke about. It's, it's, not about. it's not about netball and it's not about a job. But if someone says I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play. I can't. I, I don't feel safe. Then they don't play. You, know? you have to respect it, don't you? You've got to, you've got to respect people for being people rather than just mm. seeing them as a netballer or an employee. It's like it's it's a lot bigger than this. And I think if this if this outbreak has taught us anything, it's kind of taught us what's important. Mm. Um, and I think that's more important than us seeing a game played. Absolutely. You've spoken a lot of sense today, Sarah. Thank you. Are you suggesting to do it normally? I would not do that. Um, now, before we wrap up, guys, do either of you have any shout outs? Ooh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, I'm afraid. Sarah, I don't know about you. No, not. Oh, I mean, we're running out of mates, aren't we, that we've seen in the last Yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Should we give a shout out? All, all frontline yes. workers as yeah. all. Yes. Um, and yeah, and, everyone um, up hard on Thursday night. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you come out and celebrate them. Uh, also, shout out to our producer Alex, who, for anyone watching, um, won't see him, but Alex is in the background keeping this all ticking over. So, thank you very much to producer Alex, who you know looks quite creepy right now because we can't see him, but he can see us. Um, <laughs> but who has kept Netball Nation going um, yes. for the entirety that's, of the second series? That's a good shout, I actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Alex. So, we love you, Alex. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you guys, as always, our Netball Nation listeners, for being part of our team. Now, before we say Toodle Pit for this week's show, here's a reminder of that competition that Sarah and Mags love so much. Uh, now, to keep your team netballing with Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK and supported by ASICS, we are giving you the chance to win a pair of ASICS professional double F black netball trainers for you and every member of your team, so that when you're finally back together, you'll be wearing shoes that'll let you be the best you can be on court. And they're also going to have your name printed on it, so they're not going walkies. Uh, Right there, and as we know, as we've seen earlier, Sarah and Mags both have their uh, names. Sarah, let's there. twinning, twinning. Let's do it again, yeah, one children. More time, one more time. S E B M A G S. There we get in gold as well. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, now then, to enter, all you've got to do is go to www.keepnetballing.uk, where you can also read all the terms and conditions. Uh, best of luck with that. Thank you, Mags and Sarah, as always, for joining Thank us. You. Thank you, guys, for Thanks. listening uh, to Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. We'll be back here in our living rooms and camper vans same time next week. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Shop now at netballuk.co.uk.